people it is Thursday which means it's time for another echo chamber and as we do we're gonna start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 11th to the 13th of June okay so people at number 10 we have got Chloe Jeanne's Nomadland, which extremely good film, people. At number nine is Tom and Jerry from Tim's Story. So at number eight this week, it's Dream Horse. This one is from Eros Lynn. So at number Seven? Are we at seven? We are at seven, aren't we, people? Yeah, at number seven. I can't count. It's Godzilla v. Kong. <laughs> Adam Wingard back again for that monster mash. So, at number six, people, we spoke about it last Thursday. It's Florian Zeller's The Father. Oh, man. Uh, a, a very whew, well acted piece right here people so that means at number five 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 this week it is nobody so this is from Ayla Nazla and from all accounts it's very good right so it means the number four film in the UK this week is The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It so this is from Michael Chaves at number three people it is Craig Gillespie's 101 Dalmatian prequel Cruella so at number two it's Will Glock's Peter Rabbit 2 which means the number one film in the UK this week people it's John Krantoninski with A Quiet Place 2 yes I, I am really trying to get to the cinema to see this one people but that's our top 10 so before we get into this week's reviews Let's have a little bit of information for your calendars, alright? Cool people, let's go. Okay, horror fans, mark Thursday the 12th of August in your calendars. That is right, because shudder. AMC Network's premium streamer for horror, thriller, and the supernatural have announced that the new event series Slasher, Flesh and Blood, starring horror legend David Cronenberg, bum, 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 will exclusively stream on the service in the US, Australia, and New Zealand beginning Thursday August the 12th, with two episodes followed by new episodes streaming each week. The series follows a wealthy, dysfunctional family that gathers for a reunion on a secluded island 
only to learn they'll be pitted against one another in a cruel game of life and death. Ooh. All while being stalked by a mysterious masked killer. Nothing is what it seems and no one is safe as detention and body count ratchets up. The eight episode event series stars Cronenberg alongside cast members from previous installments of the slasher franchise in brand new roles including Paula Brancaddy, Jefferson Brown, Patrice Goodman, Sabrina Gregevich and Christopher Jackot. Right, so um yeah, adding to the cast will also be Rachel Crawford, Jenna Guzan, Sydney Meyer and Alex Ogerola. So um there you have it people. There you have it. You know, slasher, flesh and blood is like Knives Out, done by John Carpenter, and takes the slasher franchise to a new level with a gripping and scary story about family secrets, intrigue, murder, and legacy. Um, We're incredibly lucky to have David Cronenberg, an icon of the genre, giving a standout performance as the fearsome, intimidating patriarch of the Galloway family, who sets the tone for the shocking twists, crazy mysteries, and total mayhem that's to come. Shudder members won't want to miss a single episode of this incredible event series, and that is from Shudder General Manager Craig Engler, I mean, yeah, he won't steer you wrong, no, but seriously, everything on Shudder is great, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything I haven't enjoyed yet, so, yeah, I think this will be worth watching, so people, the 12th of August, mark it down. Oh, people, some more festival information for you. The Etheria Film Night have announced that they will be streaming, right, their 2021 official short films showcase lineup exclusively on Shudder, starting from Friday the 25th of June, all the way through to the 25th of July. This year's festival, the world's most respected annual showcase of horror, science fiction, fantasy, action and thriller films, directed by women, will feature nine short films and honour the Walking Dead showrunner and executive producer Angela Kang with the 2021 Etheria Inspiration Award given annually to a person in the entertainment industry who has inspired women to pursue careers working in genre film and television. 
producer Gail and Hard will present the award to Kang with the ceremony included as part of the official Aetheria 2021 content streaming on Shudder. The 2021 lineup has come has some of the funniest things we've ever programmed alongside some of the darkest and most disturbing things we've ever programmed. And that is from Etheria Director of Programming, Heidi Honeycott. Mm-hmm. Right, so, um, yeah, she also says, And we're so happy to be screening on Shudder for the second year in a row. Dum-dum-dum. Right, so, um, yeah, people. I mean, do you really want to miss all of this? You know, Gail and Hurd says, The Aetheria Film Festival is the preeminent forum showcasing the many talented women working in the genre field. As The Walking Dead's first female showrunner, Angela Kang has proven herself to be a visionary in the horror sci-fi medium, and she is also one of the most talented people working in television today. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Kang says, as a lifelong fan of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, action and thrillers, I am truly humbled to be in the company of the incredible women of Etheria um, and who have been honoured over the years with their inspiration award, not least the incomparable Gail and Hurd. I am on a trail she blazed and loved at Etheria. He's showcasing new genre films created by women who want to travel the same exhilarating path. So, um, yeah, there you have it, people. It is uh, it is going to be coming at you, which uh, should be fun. Right, some of those films that will be screening, okay, uh, we've got The Fourth Wall. This is directed by Kelsey Bowling. Um, we've got Narrow, directed by Anna Chazelle. Have You Will Never Be Back from Monica Matteo. Booster Strapped from Katy Aaron. Uh, Misfits from Kayani Ray Walker. The Grey from Myra Aquino. Paula Votron 500 from Sylvia Concia. Eye Exam from Aslim Clark. And Who Goes There from Astrid for Vladson. <laughs> you know, so, um, hey, looks like it is going to be a fun uh, festival people, so go check out the Ethereal website, and remember, it will start Friday the 25th of June, running all the way to the 25th of July, exclusively on Shudder. Yo, something that people missed in 2020 were those pop-up cinema screens but people people do not worry 2021 it's a new year and the screens are back 
pop-up screens are delighted to announce their return to London with an enormous season of outdoor cinema packed with feel-good movies, guilty pleasures and cult classics that make your film all warm and fuzzy inside. Pop-up screens invite you and your family to indulge in an evening that you won't forget with your loved ones. It's relaxed atmosphere and friendly vibe, praised by critics across the country, will have you coming back year after year. This year, pop-up screens will span across eight London parks. That's right, people, eight. And open spaces over three months, launching on, oh shit, my birthday, the 9th of July, at Coram's Fields, with the fan favourite, The Craft. Pop-up screens offers films for fans of all genres, including smash hit musical dramas such as The Greatest Showman, A Star Is Born, Bohemody Rhapsody, and Rocket Man. For audiences wanting nostalgia, fans will be able to revisit fan favourites such as Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Dirty Dancing, um, plus a whole lot more. You know, you can uh, join them for a movie or two and you'll find a great environment along with a bar and some of London's best street food traders. So, the uh, the films that you can enjoy, people, well, on, as I said, starting on the 9th of July at Crom's Fields is The Craft, the 10th... Um, is the greatest showman the 11th bill and ted face the music then over to bishop's park in fulham on the 16th with 10 things i hate about you 17th dirty dancing and the 18th the goonies then it's north greenwich from the 23rd of july for 500 days of summer Greece on the 24th and Back to the Future on the 25th and July ends at Hillfields in Brockley so on the 30th July is The Goonies and the 31st Dirty Dancing uh, staying on Brockfield um, on the 1st of August it's The Greatest Showman then back to Corman's Fields on the 6th of August. Three films on the 6th with you've got Jojo Rabbit, Pretty Woman, and Ghostbusters. Then Hammersmith, you're not forgotten because on the 13th at Ravenscourt Park, you've got Jaws. On the 14th, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. And then the 15th, it's The Greatest Showman. The Guild Hall in the City of London people. On the 16th, um, you've got um, The Greatest Showman. To 17th, you've got Moonlight. On the 18th, you've got Philadelphia. The 19th, it's The Beach. The 20th, it's Dreamgirls. And the 21st of August is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. 
Then, Heather Green, people. From the 27th of August at Manor House Gardens, we got Bohemian Rhapsody. On the 28th, it is The Greatest Showman. And then on the 29th of August, it is A Star Is Born. But that's not all. So, back to Bishop's Park in Fulham for the 3rd of September. Because it's Rocket Man. The 4th, it's A Star Is Born. Then the 5th, it's The Greatest Showman. So, then, on the 10th of September, it is Back to Hammersmith. So, Raven's Court Park. It's Dirty Dancing. On the 11th, it is at Jurassic Park. And the 12th, it is Rocket Man. And it all ends at the Oval in Kennington Park. Right, so 17th of September, it's The Greatest Showman. The 18th, it's Notting Hill. And then the 19th of September, it all closes with A Star Is Born. So you can... Book tickets and find out more at popupscreens.co.uk Adult tickets are £14 and those under 12s it is £9 But remember people, there will still be Covid policies in place But yes, for more information, people Go down and check out popupscreens.co.uk Okay people, so now we have all of that out of the way Let's get into this week's films And we've definitely got some interesting ones for you So buckle up, let's go The Devil Below is the new, what would you call it? I guess, uh, Monster Underground. You know what I mean? Like tunnels, mysterious creatures, kind of, you know, the, um, she, it was the, the Jules Verne, the classic Jules Verne story, you know, um, creatures living deep in the center of the earth and all of that kind of jazz, right? We, we've seen a myriad of different films working around this concept, you know, this belief. Um, and some have been good, some, meh, not so much, right? So, the big thing was, how is The Devil Below going to, uh, how's it going to weigh up with all of the competition, so, the story is from Eric Sherbarth, who co-wrote the actual screenplay with Stefan Jawoski. Uh, it's directed by Bradley Parker. Music is from Nima Farahara. Cinematography is Morgan Souza. It's edited by David Kashvarov. Um... And it's cast. Well, we have got 
Alicia Sands as Ariana. Adam Canto is Darren. Um, we've got Zach Avery as Jamie. Chinaza Ush as Sean. Jonathan Sadwoski as Terry. Uh, Jesse Latourette as Shelby. We have Will Patton as Shotman. Um, yeah, William Mark McAuliffe as Dale. Alpha Travet as Ellery. Tom Proctor as Kip. And Nathan Phillips as Kane. So the gist of it all. Well, um, there is an abandoned place nestled deep in Appalachian country. Where underground coal mines have been ablaze for decades. When a team of researchers try to find out how the fire started. They soon discover something more startling than the mystery that sent them there. They're not alone. Dum 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 dum. Ah. So yes. Now. This film. Right. We we start off and we, we see a bunch of miners coming out of a mine, all looking a bit like, oh, it's been a tough day. It's been a tough day. And two are talking, right? It seems like a father and a son. And someone didn't turn up for work and they're like, oh, he's a good guy. Come on, man. Let me let me give him a call. Let me give him let's give him a second chance. He deserves a second and then all of a sudden it's just like ah! The sun gets grabbed. Out of nowhere, sun gets grabbed. And it has like, huh? Huh? What? Which is always a an odd one because it's just like, listen, neither of you had ropes around you. So when you saw your son go flying backwards, why are you like, oh, I wonder what? But yeah, the sun gets jabbed and um Goes flying, goes flying into the mine, and every now and again he manages to cool his way out a little bit, but he doesn't, the dad gets hit, uh, and it's all a bit crazy, all a bit crazy, and then we go, we finish, after seeing like a bloody face, so we're now with a woman in a room, there's maps, photos, she's got um... You know, newspaper clippings, all of this, right? And then we see her again with a group of guys in a van and they're talking and discussing and they've got this trip. I I have to say, right, it, it always makes me a little bit, you know what I mean? Just, I don't know. I always, it, it, it's that thought of, oh, I know he's dying first. Like, when you see a, a group... And there's one black guy, one woman, and the rest are dudes, right? And you're just thinking, well, I think I know he's dying first. <laughs> and um, didn't die first, but but went soonish, right? And then, yeah, there's that whole thing, only two, and you're like, ah, well, why even tease us, people? Why even tease us? But yes... 
we we see them driving along and um you know there's just these usual conversations and arguments and all of this you know one person is mysterious it is the scene it's the same kind of thing here so i would say look the devil below it's you know it, it it's i wouldn't say it's a terrible film i just think it follows the tropes right it, it definitely follows the tropes and there are a lot of questions you know what i mean it's like if you're driving along if you're driving along and they would be like oh we want to get to this place and there's an electric fence going around that especially a place that is meant to be abandoned you'd think to yourself well who put this fence up because this fence was never meant to be here so some it's not that abandoned if someone has been able to put this thing up right and and, and we never get people go huh i don't think we should go any further this does seem to uh signify that there's some bad shit here because if it wasn't it would just be a normal fence electric fence signifies there's some shit inside but it never stops people never i'm always baffled always baffled why why that happens and have you noticed as well like you you had these inane conversations when nothing actually gets said and um you you kind of feel that people that have gone on these journeys suddenly know nothing about why they're there and you're like wait how did you agree to do this you know I mean like listen if someone says hey i i want to go on this exhibition and i want to i mean like, all right, all right, all right. firstly what's the goal man what's the objective all right all right and how are we staying safe what, what what's your setup right Right, what, what what's happening here, and what are the credentials of the other people that are coming? We got professionals, right? I want to see qualifications, and we need weapons. We need a shit ton of weapons. I want a Kevlar vest. I want shit, right? You never have that. Never have that. And you're just like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> because you know, halfway through the film, you have people go. And why are you here? And you're like, wait, you're here because... And it's just like, wait, how the fuck have you never asked this question? How did you come on this thing and not ask this question? You know, you, you have people that, it seems, the the first sign of something and then they're shook. That's not the person you want to go on a, you know, a weird exhibition with. Right? Someone that gets shook easy. Now, listen, and when I say shook, because, listen, you're being scared, being cautious, that's not an issue. But I'm talking about the motherfucker that will leave your ass, right? Um, and they're always on They're always on these teams. You, you, you think to yourself, what's a vetting process? How did this fucking come? Ah, I'm baffled. But... 
you, I, I love it because you have those scenes, right? When they, uh, you know, they, they do the figure, they're like, oh, let's pop into this place and ask a local. And they are, go in, and the local is mad standoffish. Mad standoffish. And they go, um, hey, we want to do this. Can you help us? And they're just like, you need to go. You need to go. And I, I just speak to myself, has that ever worked? Right? Has that, and does this person not understand human nature the way humans are? Because you tell that to someone, they're not going. They're going to try even harder to find out what the fuck is going down. You know? There's just these little things that I don't think you need to be smart to understand, to realise. But the films always, always go against that grain. And it is baffling. It is very, very fucking baffling how, you know, just some of this stuff happens, right? You, you've got to wonder, man. You, you, you got to wonder what the fuck is going through their minds when all of this stuff happens, you know? And there's other great little things that happen in films like this, right? It's like, if someone who hasn't really told you much, right, then decides halfway through, three quarters of the way through, to tell you stuff about their past... Right, because it, it's always a weird little situation where they'd be like, "You want to know why I'm here? You want to know the why? The why I'm the way I am? Well, it all happened because." And you're just like, "But why the fuck are you telling this person? And why now? Makes no sense." But you know, here's the thing: you know that there is something in that tale, right? And it's just like. And I was forced to do this And I vowed to myself I will never do that thing again You'd be like Okay <laughs> So something is going to come up With that same kind of quandary And someone's going to have to make a choice <laughs> Oh my gosh it, it, It's always a bit funny man Like There's not really A chemistry between Any of our characters but then we're not really given the time for anything to kind of grow between them, you know? So it, it it's just basically random people on this task, on this task to try and do a thing, right? Which, you know, it, it, it can work, it can work, but... Uh. Right, so um, I think... It's not too bad, like, there is a lot of stuff in the dark, so there are things that you might possibly miss, right, and I don't know, like, it's hard to know sometimes what things are pivotable, pivotal, pivot, pivotable, pivotable, uh, some things are things that you need to see, let's just say that, <laughs> let's just say that, right, because, you know, sometimes the camera, like, lingers on something. And I think, was there movement there? I don't know. I didn't see that. Was there movement? I don't know. So, 
it's like, oh, are we meant to be given visual cues here? Or am I making that up in my head? But some of the stuff is in the dark, and it's very bad. It is very difficult to see what's going down. Now, they use night vision goggles to later in the film, which is fine, right? But I, I don't know if some of the stuff earlier on, if you were meant to absorb that, if that was meant to give you a tip of, oh, so that tells me this. All right, all right. Yeah, it, it, it's an odd one, but... um. They're on this thing, and you know it, it. It it it's moving along. It does start off kind of slow, but it definitely picks up steam towards the end, right? Um, now a lot of the inter the interactions, right? I think that's where these films often fall apart because some of the dialogue is whiffy. Some of the dialogue is definitely whiffy, and there's things in the film that, yeah, obviously. Mm, Make no sense, or the justification of that doesn't really make sense, right? There's a, there's the always the martyr scene, right? The sacrifice scene where someone's just like, I can't, but you can, right? I'm gonna cause a diversion so you can go. But have you noticed how, whenever that happens? Right, when someone's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself so you can live, so you you run now. You run, they never run straight away, never run straight away. Uh, it, you know, usually it's the thing happens that person causes a direct diversion, the, the whatever comes for them, you hear their death cry, and then only then do these people. I think they've oftentimes they waited another minute or so and then they're like, oh, let's go. And then you see them run and you're just like, well, that's kind of pointless now, right? Because the monsters, whoever, they can now get you. That your, your peoples just did a big sacrifice. That was a moment to run. Not after the sacrifice is finished, because now there is nothing stopping those things from coming for you, it, it's like, huh? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? There are definitely there's a kind of a a Star Trek troopers esque moment in this film, which I'm like, okay, interesting. How are they going to play this out? Right, which you know, mm, hey, you watch it and see if it works for you. But yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say this is as good as something like The Descent. I wouldn't say that. It's possible, right? If you want something that you don't have to think too deeply about, and you can just, I don't know. Slouch in the couch and watch Then the devil below Could very well be That ticket for you You know That could work um, hey, Have you also noticed in, in these films Right so there's always The big sacrifice thing But then Again Like 
I think the person who does the sacrifice, there's never a legitimate reason. Like, obviously, there's sometimes they'll be like, I'm, you can run faster than me. I'm not going to get out. But it's just like, okay, I'm still, just because I can't run fast, I'm not giving up my life, right? Like, you would want to know. Be like, yeah, listen, I've got stage seven cancer. I don't know if there's seven stages, but what I'm saying is they are literally, I'm going to die tomorrow anyway. So, <laughs> you know. I might as well go now, right? If someone dropped that, you'd be like, I, I get that. I understand that. But other times you're like, okay, what's what's the justification? Why are you giving up your life? Because you they be like, tell my wife or tell my kids I love them. And be like, so right, so you got a wife again. Why are you why are you killing yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't even know these people. You don't know these people. Why would you do that? You know, it does make you wonder, but yeah, we, we get this, you know, fight towards the end, which, you know, I, I think a lot of people, there's people that are going to be satisfied, there's people that are going to be like, huh, yeah, but that's what it is, man, that's what it is, like, and then we have the end scenes, which... Yeah, <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, no, <laughs> it was all a little predictable, and even when certain thing was said, you knew it wasn't happening, right, and you're like, okay, we're ending here, with a, a possible way of having further films in this tentpole. You know what I mean? That that's what it did feel like with that end. You're just like, huh, huh. <laughs> I like for something to really stand out. It, I think it has to go completely odd, right? Like um, black block island sound. That really, oh, went kind of weird and crazy with their story. But if you're just doing that same old, same old story, you're going to be judged on things like The Descent, right? And this isn't The Descent. But listen, it, it might feel that I need to watch something and not think about it vibe. So if, if that's what you're looking for, right, then The Devil Below might be your ticket to... Uh, yeah, to an easy life and an easy day. Right? It's on Netflix, so you can watch it whenever you like. Boom, boom, boom. Um, oh, before we bounce on this, the acting is okay. The acting is okay. Um, a lot, like, none of the characters have real depth. So it's hard, I think it's hard to really, you know, go, ooh, that character is great. Because they're just these one-dimensional things. But, hey, we've got some good voice, good voices. Um, you know, it is what it is, people. It is what it is. If, if you want to check out more on The Devil Below, right? Then, yeah, check out, you know, check it out on Netflix. It's there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
it's it's average people it's average oh people they are back right reynolds jackson hayek and hughes <laughs> if you enjoyed the hitman's bodyguard well the caper continues people because there is a sequel the hitman's wife's bodyguard and um it's going to be hitting your cinemas real soon yeah real 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 soon people so again like the first this is directed by patrick hughes it is this time written by Matt O'Toole, Les Weldon, and no, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and I was gonna say Yariv Lerda. They didn't write it; they produced it. They're the producers, people. Now, <laughs> I would say it is. Um, it is actually written. Well, old Tom Connor is. Back, Tom O'Connor, he's back. And this time he's joined with Brandon Murphy and Philip Murphy. They might be relatives, I'm not quite sure. But it is a story from O'Connor. He just needed help with the writing. Alright. So um yes, they were all on board. The music is from Atli Orvason. Our cinematography is Terry Stacy. It's edited by Michael J. Dutchy and Jack Hutchins. Um, and, yeah, we've got a, a big old cast. Whew. So, uh, Ryan Reynolds, again, is a Michael Bryce. Right? Um, Bartol Godstek plays a younger version of Bryce in the film. Um, flashback to all of that, you know, eh? We have got Samuel Jackson as Darius Kincaid, Salma Hayek as Sonia Kincaid, uh, Frank Grillo plays Bobby O'Neill, an Interpol agent, who, as I say, in the film, I'm just like, I recognise that, who the fuck is that person? I recognise that person, god damn it! And um, yeah, it was old Frankie Grillo. Uh, we have got um, Antonio Bandaras, who, um, who uh, yeah, plays a Greek person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, let's cast a Mexican as a Greek. Yeah, but hey, no, he, he does a good job. He does a good job, so don't worry. Um, Richard E. Grant is Mr. Seaford. Yeah, an old acquaintance of Bryce. Tom Hooper is Magnuson, another bodyguard. We got um, Christopher uh, Camirisu as Zento. Gabriella Wright as Veronica. Dragon Mikonovic as Vlad. <laughs> I mean, Dragon, that is a pretty good name, right? Um. Rebecca Front as a therapist that Bryce goes to at the beginning. There are there are main people. I mean, um, Morgan Freeman is in the film, but 
you know, I think you have to watch it to find out what he's up to. But yes, the film is this. The world's most lethal odd couple, bodyguard Michael Bryce and hitman Darius Kincaid are back on another life-threatening mission. Still unlicensed and under scrutiny, Bryce is forced into action by Darius's even more volatile wife, the infamous international con artist Sonia Kincaid. As Bryce is driven over the edge by his two most dangerous protectees, the trio get it over their heads in a global plot and soon find that they are all that stands between Europe and a vengeful and powerful madman. Joining in the fun and the mayhem is uh, Old Freeman. Right, so, um, yes, there we have it So we open up, right um, Bryce, he, he's at an award ceremony He's licensed and he's going to be getting the award For best bodyguard in the world For that, well, I mean, for that year Not forever, but for that year So, yeah, we have that Turns out it's a nightmare It's a nightmare and we then transition from that into a therapy office. Which, you know, I think this definitely sets the tone, right? I, I, I think this whole therapy session lets you know um, what you're going to get. I mean, I guess if you watch the first film, you'll know what you're going to get. <laughs> but if you just dive straight in... Yeah, I, I, I think this really sets that tone. And although, um, you know, I didn't watch the first film, I will say. Now, I've heard, I had intentions too, because I have heard the first film is fun, right? But just, I know, there's so many things I'm finding myself watching. It's hard, people. It is difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I, I followed everything along, you know. I thought all the big points were made pretty clear. But, um, yes, this whole therapy thing. The therapy thing was a bit ludicrous, right? It was a bit ludicrous because I think most people have a, a basic understanding of therapy. Basic understanding. So, there are jokes with the therapy that you just think, if this was made in the 80s, even early 90s, I think, hey, that would have, that would have killed, but now, now we have more understanding, doesn't work, doesn't work as well, man, but I'm just like, alright, alright, you know, not expecting some crazy stand-up shit here, you know what I mean, let's move along, but, so we have, um, Kincaid going on a sabbatical, but he's forced back into the line when, um, Sonia grabs him to help her save Darius, so that's what we get, 
And it, it, it's one of them films, right? It's one of those films where you have these scenarios where it's like, okay, well, the best plan is if we're quiet and we, and then one person just does the complete opposite. That's what this is, right? So there's definitely a lot of moments where you just be like, oh no. That, like, come on, man. That's not gonna work. What the fuck are we, what are we doing? Huh? What are we doing? You know, and that happens a lot. Ain't gonna lie. That that does happen a lot. But on the flippy flip, there are some you know there are some fun things, right? So there was a, 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 a I think a moment with Hayek and um Reynolds and they're talking about uh just his childhood, right, and it was amusing, it was amusing, um, also, like, you know, he, he, he's, uh, he gets a compliment, and it all, you know, you're thinking, hey, and then it all goes wrong, but, yeah, there, there are a few, I did chuckle to myself a few times during the film, right, I, I, I'll, I'll definitely say that, you know what I mean? So, although, yes, for me, uh, a lot of it was very cliche. There was stuff that, the, the, you know, does make you chuckle. And also, I will point out, everyone in this screening, right? And it's not, you know, it's like these press screenings. So, a lot of times, you know, it's hard to make these motherfuckers laugh, right? They're all laughing. They're all laughing. So, hey, just the fact that I wasn't, you know what I mean? I think it shows you that, yeah, this film has got enough to make people chuckle, you know? Just those, the odd couple dynamics, right? It's just one of those things. Like, uh, 48 hours, another 48 hours, you know what I mean? Just that, that sort of thing. But, a little bit too obvious for my liking, but as I said, it, it's worked clearly for a lot of people. You know, there is a lot of explosions. There's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of mayhem. Some of it is a little OTT, but it you know it is fun. Right? There is there is plenty of fun within the bang. You know what I mean? There's plenty of that. The story takes our characters around the globe. Around the globe trying to do a thing. Trying to do a thing. Right? There are moments where you understand, you know, like Obviously, right? You've got Interpol and the other police and all these agencies trying to trying to do a thing, and uh, people are going off the reservation. Yeah, that's an expression, isn't it? Right? Not you're not going bad, but you're breaking the rules, right? I think that's the expression for that. Off the reservation. If it's not, let's use it for that from now on. But anyway, I digress, people. Right? You you had those moments, and you know, later in the film, someone's gonna go, "Why don't we?" And they did. Ah, oh, they did it. They did it. Well, I was like, 
why don't we go Boston style? And you're just like, oh, shut the fuck up. No one's ever going to say that. No one is ever going to say that. What are you doing? God damn it. I'm going to reach through the screen and shake the woman. But it is what it is. And the plan did work. It did work. Did work. So that that whole um, Morgan Freeman stuff is, uh, yeah, it's amusing. Right, it is a little bit obs, right? As my friend might say, it's kind of obvious. Um, and they do go, they do play it in the obvious way, but it's still amusing, you know what I mean? I think you need to have, hey, I've got a cold heart, but even I could see, all right, I, I see what you're doing here, all right? I gave a little smile, you know what I mean? My my mouth wasn't completely ice up, right? I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. Give a little... <laughs> Just like that. Just like that, people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. It, it, look. If you want a, a, a film as a happy distraction, something where you're not having to think too hard, and you can just watch, like, explosions and adventures, and you smile, and you chuckle, right, I would say, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, it's a tongue tire, but I think it could be for you, Right, if if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, I mean, what we're we're on thirty now, think yeah, like yeah, gone way too fast, way too furious. I mean, listen, if you if you love those films, think this is gonna work for you. If you enjoyed, um, I'm gonna say I Spy, right. Or my spy, the Melissa McCarthy, Jeremy Stephen, Jeremy, no, Jason, both begin with J, Jason Stephen film, right, if you like that, I think you'll dig this, you know, and obviously, if you watch the first one, I'm sure you will dig this, right, I'm sure you will, so, um, yes, it, it has all of those, all of those components, to uh, make you uh, to make you forget your shitty day, right? Because that's what these films are. They're that they're that distraction, you know. They're they're the film to take you away from real life and let you, you know, mess around in someone else's sand pit. <laughs> that's what they are, man. So it's about an hour and forty minutes, you know. So. A decent amount of time, but not too, too long. And they've thrown in some little twists and turns, right? Some twists and turns. Now, they might not be the most intricate. You might see your way through them. You know what I mean? But, hey, they're there. They're there. They're keeping it spicy for us, people. They're keeping it spicy. You know what I mean? So, um, yes. If you want to follow the adventures of Michael Bryce, right, and see what more tomfoolery him and Darius Kincaid can get into, along with Sonia Kincaid, then 
this is definitely for you and I will say, right, there is potential for a third There is a potential for a third I'd say for the trilogy But I imagine, right, if they did a third and that's good We're getting more, right And and I think it ended on a note Which could give us more So, uh, yeah if, if you want some of that in your life, people Right, if you want some of that in your life then go to your local cinema and enjoy tea fun because the hitman's wife's bodyguard it is coming to you Woo! it's coming to you this week yeah, yeah. so um yeah you can enjoy it you can chuckle you can laugh you can hang with your peoples because yeah i think that's what this is made for all right so the hitman's wife bodyguard people enjoy so the 80s was the height of the cold war height of the cold war between the us and russia and um yeah it it, it is kind of the backbone of the new feature to hit um shudder Today, it is called Super Deep, and yeah, some cold. <laughs> I think, mean, as, as we find later in the film, cold is something that might be very valuable to our peoples here. So, this is a, a, a piece that is written and directed by Arsini Sahin. Right, it's produced by Alexander Koloshkin, Andrei Shishkanov, uh, Sergei Torchklin. Um, we have we have it music by Dmitry Selpanov. Cinematography is Hayak. Kirkushian. Uh There's a lot of people in the sound and the visuals That, yeah, should be applauded For what they've been able to achieve here But a lot of names that I cannot pronounce There's a lot of people So, you know, we can't really get to them But cast-wise, main character is Anya Played by Melina Radulovic we have um, Nikolay, who's played by Nikita Doyobanov, uh, Kira Albina Chakina, um, Peter, who's Krill Kovbas. Um, yeah, we have uh, like Sergei Ivankok. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I I think they're our, our, our main people. Nikolay Kovbas. Yeah. They're our they're our main our main cast, I would probably say. And the gist of the film is this. Okay, so the cooler super deep 
borehole is the largest Russian secret facility in nine um, in facility in 1984 at the deep depth of more than seven miles below the surface. Unexplained sounds were recorded, resembling the screams and moans of numerous people. Since these events, the object has been closed. A small research team of scientists and military personnel had gone down below the surface to find out the secret that the world's deepest borehole was hiding. What they have found possesses the greatest threat that humanity has ever faced. Now the future of the world is in their hands. Dum dum dum. So, uh, yes, this piece, I think. It is open really well because we have this whole kind of sequence in black and white which does give us this creepy tone, right? This creepy tone. And uh, we have a guy on a stretcher. He's He looks in pretty bad shape, right? And someone is observing him. They go to give him an injection and blood spurts out of his arm. Then, you know, they give him the injection and blood, he starts to cough up blood. So a crash team comes along trying to revive him. But it's it's not really a successful thing, which you're not surprised at. The amount of blood that seems to be leaking out of this guy You're kind of like, yeah, I don't see him surviving, man I think it's donezo for him So we have that Then we see, um, you know, the, the lady that's trying to help She's sitting at a table and she's writing into a, a report or a journal You know, and she's relating, you know her concerns, right? It's something that went wrong. They're trying to test this thing, but they bypassed a load of protocols and they went to human testing. They went to human testing and not wise, not wise. You know, she's like, ah, I shouldn't have let him do it. And it's all my fault. And what have we done? And then someone grabs her arm and is just like, no, 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 no. Right? This will solve nothing. You know, there's no absolution. You did what you needed to do. And only you can, you know, correct it all. So we have that. Um, then we kind of jump to the, you know, jump forward. And now we're in colour. We're at a dinner party. And she's with her friends and all of that. Until a phone call. Phone call. Right, so she's called back. Called back into action to help, you know, correct something. And she's like, I need a team, you know, we need to sort this out, blah, blah, blah. And she's promised all these things. But, you know, you know how it goes. (sighs) Promises mean nothing, man. Promises mean nothing. So we see them arrive at this place. And there's soldiers everywhere. You know, soldiers everywhere. It looks like it's pinned down. Like, it's snowy. 
and you know straight away she's you know trying to do some tests there's there's a weird kind of corpsey thing she's taking samples but hey just everything is screaming do not go <laughs> like don't do this you know it's not a wise idea even one of the miners is like it's like hell there and they have an accident you know people get cut and banged up and that's before they've even gone down right that's before they've even gone down so they go into the place and well as they're going in you know someone's just like we get a situ- we get a situation basically right get a situation now everyone's on high alert and it's you know, people aren't being nice you know they stumble on some people down there who are just doing their job and they've you know guns on them people getting shouted and it's all a bit of a crazy mess you know but it is it's a it's a crazy kind of thing right because we have this Biotype Hazard And They're You know they're trying to get around it But some people want To just leave Some people are like we need to get this We need it from Mother Russia Just all of that jazz Right And um You do wonder though Because their PPP Their PPE protocol Whew I mean, you'd think Fauci might have come up with it. Because one minute they're wearing masks, next minute they're not. They got hazmat suits on, they take the suits off. You're just like, wait, with all of this hmm ha surely you're just all infected, right? Surely you are all messed up. But I don't know. I don't know, people. Um so there's a lot going for this film. I mean, there's a, there's stuff going against it, but you know, there's a lot of positive things. You know, so like the soundtrack works. Like we've got this kind of it's not a techno, but it's like a beaty, very beaty kind of um, sounds that do. I don't know, they add a little something to some of these crazy-ass scenes and sequences. Right, so we have that. Like, light plays a big part in this. Because, you know, we're going into these underground caverns and all of that. So, I think you have this creepy sort of um, aesthetic. Now, the whole film... Is shot in a kind of 80s type filter. So it does look like an 80s piece here. Which is pretty good. You know. But um, yes. We, we have this great thing with the, the way all these tunnels are getting lit. And everything like that. Now a downside is. A lot is very dark. Lot is very dark. Some some scenes are so dark you really cannot see what's going on. Some you can barely make things out, which is a shame. Right? It is a, a, a real shame that we have that kind of confusion. Because when it works, 
oh, he's done very well. Right? There's this great scene where, um, you know, they've all got their suits on, which have these yellow lights on the helmet. And they're like, oh, we need to open the doors and see what's out there. And they open these doors and it's all dark, we see all darkness and just the, the lights on their helmet. And as the camera pans back, you know, we get these little flickers of light, of the, the yellow wall lights. You know, so it really gives this ominous, creepy-ass feel to it all. You know, and that's one of the, it's one of the things, man. It, it, it's just, there is this very... Ooh, harrowing kind of sense, right? The, every time they go around a corner, you get this anticipation that something bad is possibly going to happen. Which, uh, yeah, tone wise, it works. It definitely works very well. Now, I think there's a couple of like recent kind of uh I say recent, I mean a year or so back, right? Nicolas Cage films. So there's Mandy and then there's um I think it's Sound of Colour of Sound. I think that's the the one, right? Um now it, this isn't like those films, but the weirdness and the use of colour kind of definitely give you that kind of feel, right? I would say. I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. They they came to mind when viewing this. We don't really have a hero per se, right? Like, I guess Anya would be the one who people go, oh, she's the hero of the piece. But it, it, it's not really that. Because... And everyone's got um, moral ambiguity. <laughs> it's one of those ones where you have people, you have some people who are like, well, we've got a mission to do. Some are like, well, we can't let this research out. Others are just, you know, they're going along because they're doing their job. But is that really a get out of jail card? You know, when it's clear that doing your job could be fucking everything up, right, so you you have then this sense of survival, everyone's trying to survive, but some people trying, you know, more than others, or should we say more on their own terms than others, like, yeah, fuck everyone else, as long as I get out of here, you know, so we have all of that kind of going on, and it, it does, you know, I feel it works, right? Definitely works. We have a lot of angry people, a lot of confrontations, but we buy it. We definitely buy all of this. I mean, I will say some people have that turn of face, which it, it does kind of happen pretty well, I didn't say pretty quickly, but within the course of the film, and you just think, yeah, but nothing has changed, like, the situation is still as fuckers as it was, but now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you need to blah, 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 and you're like, okay, all right, we'll buy it, we will buy it, um, but, you know, it, it does work to an extent, 
Now I do feel the scenes and the darkness of some do hurt the film because we can't see everything that's going down. But you know we are given this creepy, creepy fucking story that you know, you have to give so much props to the the makeup people because oh my gosh some of these. Some of the scenes and the things that go down, they have really nailed. Like, there's this one with this woman, and, you know, the way that they've, oh, man, done this stuff. Whew. It it, it does make you go, like, oh, shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, oh, man. Oh, it's just creepy. It's fucked up. You know, you just see that you're just like, it, it, it makes you cringe. It does make you cringe. You know, now, there are bits that are kind of like, um, uh, is it Meryl? Meryl in Blade? You know, the, the, the or is it Mavis? The, the gooey pink thing that Blade burns with the light, UV light. So we got that, and then the big thing Stephen Dorff turns into. There are some monster-esque kind of things that, you know, kind of like those, you know what I mean, not, not the best, but it's dark, so it, it works-ish, you know what I mean, it kind of come, it kind of pays off to an extent, right, we have, um, a character utilize a, a pretty kind of smart, um, a pretty smart thing to try and survive, right, because we learn, we learn this, uh, thing about the parasite, uh, probably about, um, halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through the film, so, it is a bit of an ingenious solution, which I, I would say that, you know, that works, but, yeah, it, it it's one of those films that it gets a little bit muddy, right? With you know intent and action and all of this because it's just like, all right, you're saying this one thing, but everyone keeps on doing something else, right? And you can see that they're leading to this point, right? Which you're just like, yeah, I mean, w- what are we doing here? Because you're really just you're not really trying to hide the fact that we're going to get to this final type of confrontation thing, which, you know, uh, with with what the film is, you kind of are predicting on how it's all going to go down. It does a little bit, right? It is left a little open-ended. You know, you are kind of like, oh you have to decide kind of thing, right, which is, yeah, I, I mean, it's fine, right, they've left it so they could possibly come back to the world, right, come back to the situation, um, it, it's maybe not the best type of, or version of this film, but it's not terrible, Right, it it definitely is a a creepy kind of thing, and you are 
I, I do think you're sucked into the world, right? You're, you're, you are there with Anya and the team as they're trying to race against a clock. So it, it's not a bad thing. If you enjoy this sort of stuff, you know, a kind of horror contagion type of films, a species type of film, if that's your kind of stuff. If you like that, right, this this is possibly for you, you know, possibly for you. Now, there, oh gosh, what is it? There's a film at Sci-Fi London in 2019. I think it was, oh gosh. Ah, I want to say The Relic. Um, I think that's wrong. It was by Matt. Matt. Um, oh, my God. My memory is completely gone blank. But uh, Matt Mitchell. Yes, it was, it was one of Matt Mitchell's films, um, which was a sequel to another film. It's, it's a little similar to that kind of thing, you know? Um that's not very helpful, is it? <laughs> oh my days. But yeah, listen, if you like that kind of science um pathogen, you know, that sort of thing, then I I think this would be for you. You know, seeped in that Cold War vibe. Yeah. Super deep. It's um Maybe it's not as deep as, you know, it, it wants to be story-wise. It might be just a puddle, but it's a kind of a satisfying puddle. You know, so yes, it's on Shudder from uh, today, Thursday the... Gosh, I think it's the 17th of June. So uh, yes, if you have your Shudder account, definitely uh, go check it out, you know. Yeah, if you go to the platform, if you don't have a Shutter account, you can get yourself a, a, a seven-day trial. And there is a lot of great content to check out. Like Host, Fried Barry, P.S. Um, Gorman, you know, Lucky, Shook, Slacks, Violation, you know, The Power. There is so many films up on here, you know. The Mortary Collection, The Cleansing Hour, Spiral, Scare Package. People, there is a lot. So, you know, go check out Shada. And while you're checking it out, you can get yourself a little super deep. Alright, enjoy it. Okay, people, so we have reached that time once again. But before we end another episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of films. Well, it would seem we are getting another story looking at, um, yeah, George Mallory and his attempt to summit Mount Everest. Okay, so, um, you know, the story, well, the story, the true events happened in 1921. But uh, this iteration is going to be from Doug Lehman, and it's going to be starring uh, Ewan McGregor, Mark Strong, 
and um, Sam Huhan. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think Strong plays Arthur Hinks. Okay. Uh, we have Huhan who plays George Finch. And it would seem. I think, believe, McGregor is playing Mallory. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see uh, if this is as good as any of the other iterations, you know? Alright, so, um, Rachel Wise and Colin Farrell, you know, they're uh, teaming up for the new Todd Saldant's film, Love Child. Okay, so Saldant, um, he wrote the script as well as will be directing. And it's said to be a dark comedy following a precacious even child who schemes to rid himself of his brutish father so he can have his mother all to himself. Hmm. I'm imagining he doesn't mean in the uh, biblical way. But uh, just as um, someone to look after him, uh, let's hope. Uh, but things go awry when a handsome stranger appears. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We will see. Christine Vakon and David Hinuja will be producing. Okay, so um, we know we are getting a fourth John Wick film. And it would seem that Hiroki Sander is the latest actor to join the uh, join the cast, which we know will be featuring Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne, along with Donnie Yen, Shimar Anderson, Bill Shajgard, and Rina Shawanama. So uh, yeah. You know, um, we don't really know too much, just that Sananda will be playing a key character, a name of Watanabe. So, uh, yeah, you know, the previous have been enjoyable, so we will see if Shay Hatton and Michael Finch can write another good entry in the franchise. Okay, so uh, we'll end with a couple of bits of Netflix news. And people, if you are a fan of the classic anime, Mobile Suit Gundam, you will be pleased to know that this Friday, Netflix will be having um, all those films, right? So, um, you know, the Char's Counter-Attack sequel will be hitting, um, plus Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. So, uh, yeah, you know, I believe this is the first time these films have legally streamed <laughs> outside of, uh, you know, Japan. So, um, hey, fans of the anime, hey. You can finally sit back and watch them to their highest quality in the comfort of your own homes. 
And let's end with this one, people, because um, Jennifer Lopez, you know, she signed a big deal with Netflix, and um, one of her new films is going to be called Atlas. So Brad Payton is going to be directing. And in the film, Lopez plays a woman called Atlas who's fighting for humanity in a future where an AI soldier has determined the only way to end war is to end humanity. To outthink this rogue AI, Atlas must work with the one thing she fears most, another AI. So the story is being written by Ellie Carletti off of a uh, original script from Leo Sardanians. So yes, could be interesting people. So Lopez and Peyton will be um, producing along with Elaine Goldsmith Thomas, Benny Medina, Jeff Fearson. Jody Harlord and Tory Tunnel. So, people, yeah, that's it. We are done for this week. Enjoy your film watching and um, have a fun weekend. Hey, um, I can tell you now, we will have a special edition on Monday and it's going to be featuring the new film from the highly talented Michaela Whitman so um, people you do not want to miss that one alright until then peace